Hi, my name is Christine, and I'm your co-host for the Biotono Podcast. Ding! Wow, Josephine, I miss you, man. That was very uncomfortable to do by myself. <laughs> um, unfortunately, Josephine was busy this weekend, guys, and uh, she's busy partying it up somewhere or something. So she left me here by my lonesome, doing things on my own, talking into this microphone by myself. Um... All joking aside, we had the pleasure of having Emily Liu clap, 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 clap on today's podcast episode. Um, Emily and I met, it must have been an undergrad. She was the previous president of MVSA, the McMaster Students, Vietnamese Students Association. And uh, she was probably the senior advisor the year I was coming in. I vaguely remember sharing a go bus ride with her and we talked about stuff. And I just remember going home thinking like, wow, she's actually a really cool lady and a really good friend. I feel like I should keep her in my life. And over the years, I think that's kind of our relationship now. Um, I look up to her in many ways and I there were many moments in first and second year where I, I kind of just needed her to talk to me about certain things and she'll always say the right thing to me and I'm like ah you're right you're right right she's overall just very hardworking, very type a very driven um quote-unquote controlling <laughs> you know what I mean later on in the episode but um she's just a very powerful lady I think and has a lot of good insight not just with personal matters but with career as well um because she's you know been so successful on her own um, whether it's with becoming successful um, and financially independent from her parents at a relatively young age, I find. Um, we talked a little bit about her experience working as a woman, uh, being a woman in a male-dominated workspace. She's currently, she's currently working um, under the Department of Sales for this company in Ottawa. She pretty much man manages her own team. We talked a little bit about... Um, a little bit like how to navigate those work environments and how it compared to what it was like when she was self-employed and she was working for herself, working at home with her puppy. Uh, she's moved out with her boyfriend to Ottawa. So it's, it's all, she, she's done a lot in a very short period amount of time. And we talked a little bit about her wedding coming up. Congratulations, Emily and Stefan. So uh, overall, Emily is just killing the game when it comes to adulting 101. And I hope you guys find this conversation helpful. If if you guys really want to know what it's like to buy a house, have a mortgage, get a lawyer, set up your will, and uh, set up a hydro bill, Emily can definitely help us with this. So perhaps we can, we'll definitely have her again on the podcast um, after she goes through all these little milestones. So on behalf of Josephine and I, thank you for listening, guys. And we really hope you enjoy Emily's episode. Thank you, Emily, for joining us. Hi, my name is Christine, and welcome to the Biotonal Podcast. Today, um, Josephine's not with me, so that intro was just a little bit awkward. Um, but today, I have a lovely, lovely friend of mine. Hello, her name hello. is Emily, and uh, she is just a fantastic lady. So we're going to get right into it. Welcome to the podcast, Emily. Thank you. I'm so happy to finally do this. It's like, yeah. been so crazy with my schedule. I know you're a busy, busy lady, as everybody is these days. Oh my gosh, it's yeah. insane! Just because I, I was talking yesterday to one of my coworkers. They were like, "When mm -hmm. were you here until last night?" I was just like, "I was at work until like seven or eight. 
what time did you get into work? At 7 a.m. Emily, <laughs> are they paying you this much? Uh, yeah, so we're okay. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. If they're compensating you well for your time, then yeah, I guess it's are. fine. They are. Okay. <laughs> well, I guess the basic, most basic question is how are you doing? I'm doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, I pause because I've never done well. In my in my opinion, like I'm always stressed or feeling hectic okay. or something doesn't feel like it's done mm-hmm. or that I'm not at the place that I wanted to be at, which is crazy for, I guess, you to hear because you've known me to be like put together for a really long time. Yes. But I just feel like I'm, I'm finally okay. Okay. And I don't know where to go from it, which is why, hence, when we were, you know, we were chatting previously about me turning 25. Yeah. It's like, where do I go from here? Because I'm not really sure. Well, Emily, how about you just enjoy where you are? <laughs> you know and me. I'm always on some sort of pursuit. <laughs> <laughs> always on the run for something better. I know, you right? Gotta, what's that thing people say? You, no, you just got to enjoy the moment. You know, you hit a milestone, just kind of plateau there for a little bit. But then you're always on like a positive yeah. trajectory, I think. I know. It's crazy. Like, uh, the other day, I, I I did go home one day early, and I was like, okay, I'm not going to work from home. I'm not going to do work from home. So I just sat there, and I was like, I don't know what to do right now. Oh, what a type. Literally, you and Ashley, the same people. I'm here. so fucking type A. It's so nauseating. <laughs> it's nauseating. <laughs> Self-awareness is the first step here. Um, sorry, just... <laughs> We'll get into your work habits in a That's second. <laughs> um, but Emily, like, do you have like, um, instead of me trying to describe you, do you mm-hmm. have an elevator speech to describe yourself? Like name, age, location, height, social insurance number? <laughs> so I like to call myself mm-hmm. um, a multi-hyphenate. So what that means is someone who normally does several different jobs mm-hmm. or just holds different positions across all spectrums of life. Mm-hmm. So if you think of me, you know, small, short, Asian girl, 24, turning 25, has mm-hmm. worked in possibly every industry possible and has done mm-hmm. well, mm-hmm. but still always on the pursuit of more. Mm-hmm. And that's just describes who I am. Um, I've always wanted to do multiple things at once. I'm never happy just being siloed into one specific role or title or persona. So okay. That's who I am. <laughs> okay, so um, busy bee, multi busy multi bee. multi track busy bee is oh, your yes. layman's uh, title layman's, there. Layman's title for it for sure. Yeah. Um. Do you have any hobbies, Emily? I or, do. Yeah. Like, do you have any anything else you do other than work? No, I no. You know what? I started trying to do more often. I need to start reading more, I realized. Um, I used to read so much back in school and back in, like, university. Mm -hmm. And ever since, like, I started really working so much, like, before my last job when I was, like, working those 12-hour days, I was like, I have no time to read as much as I used to want to. Yeah. And even now, like, so I'm really... um, close-ish with our current CEO at my current company mm-hmm. which I'm really fortunate for that relationship mm-hmm. and he's mm-hmm. just like you have to read this and you have to read this and you have to read this and like I literally bought a stack of all the books that he had recommended to me mm-hmm. because he like wants to follow up on he's like what did you think what did you think of this one on top of all these books that I've been given to train with mm-hmm. and I'm just like I have no time to read all of them <laughs> 
But I feel like if it's coming from the CEO of the company, you better best believe you got to read it. Make time. You got to you got to just <laughs> add more hours to the 24-hour day. No, I know. That's I'll good. Do that. You you know me. I'll I cook, I bake, and mm-hmm. I'll play basketball every once in a while if I have time. Okay. And yeah. that's all because yeah. I'm starting to I really need to carve out more time for myself. I agree. I think that's something I'm going to make a goal in when I'm 25 to be like, I need to do this more mm-hmm. often. When we, got, when we got our dog, Momo, which Christina Yes, please tell about. the podcast more about Momo here. <laughs> so she's now one year old. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that, my, that is my, crazy. My fucking puppy is now one year old. Which but, is, and she also has a spinal degenerative disease. Yes, yeah, she she's got like the weakest <laughs> hind legs of life. Um, but when we got her and even, even now, you know, I, I love having a pet. It's great, but I have times when I'm just like, not now, not now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's also like, it's a lot of work. Yeah. Um, And I'm fortunate that Stefan does some of it, but at the same time, it's also like, it's still a lot of work. So I, it's also, it kind of, for me, it gave me more of a reality push to be like, no, no kids. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, cause yeah. right now you don't have the time for it. Yeah. Nor like, I think I might go crazy. So until mm-hmm. I balance everything out a bit more, then maybe we can introduce another person into our lives. Yeah. Achieve, <laughs> achieve the work life balance, then work child life balance. Um, do you want to tell the podcast a little bit about what you do at your current job? And like the biggest, uh, cause again, you're so eclectic in the way you work and do work. You're pretty much self-employed, were you? Yeah. I'll kind of give a big rundown about my work history. Mm-hmm, uh, so go. my first job was when I was 12 or 13, mm-hmm. teaching music. So I taught piano, vocal, guitar, flute. Mm-hmm. Those four, yes. Mm-hmm. And that was great. And as much as I loved it, I also realized that teaching is exhausting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was working with people of all ages and I, I initially wanted to be a teacher and I was like, okay, this is going to be a great segue for me because me working with people of all ages, I could kind of pinpoint what demographic I would like working with more. Exactly. But I just, I don't have the patience to lesson plan and, you know, do that like a week beforehand and like just follow through on that, you know, the day after the the days to come. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. know, lesson planning for me was just it was, it's just not something that I wanted to do. So I was just like, Hey, yeah. I'm not going to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, worked some other odd jobs, interned at a couple of places. And then I was working in Toronto in healthcare. So mm-hmm. initially I wanted to do research, mm-hmm. went to Mac for neuroscience and that fucked mm-hmm. up really bad, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but, uh, met someone through princess Margaret who kind of, you know, also, guided me towards a couple of business type positions to be like, Hey, we kind of mm-hmm. need you to help us with a couple clinics of ours. Yeah. And then it kind of started from there where I was helping grow and scale businesses at a healthcare level, mm-hmm. um, help them open up new clinics, maintain that. And then mm-hmm. I kind of left that to do something similar with a colleague of mine mm-hmm. who she had opened up her own clinic yep. and I did the same thing with her. It's, um, I'd like to say that uh, while I was there, it went really well, yeah. but I wasn't happy. Like I was coming in eight to eight, eight to nine, 12, mm-hmm. 13 hour days. And mm-hmm. it was giving me no real professional development. Okay. Um, was it great to learn how to start a business on my own? Absolutely. Because mm-hmm. then I kind of contracted myself out to mm-hmm. be able to do the same for other people. Yep. 
but I was just never happy at work. Mm. Um, and this is, a, this is the clinic downtown Toronto, right? Yeah, there was a mm. clinic in Toronto. And like, I don't know, Christine, if you've ever had those feelings where you're going to work every day and you hate your job. Yeah. Like that was me. Mm. and it took a huge toll on my health it took a huge toll on my personality mm-hmm. I like I would never outward show that I didn't like what I was doing and I loved the people that I worked with don't get me wrong I love yeah. patients but I just wasn't happy okay. and I and I really don't know what it was mm-hmm. so I decided to leave right my fiance had been in Ottawa for about a year and he yeah. kept being like when are you coming when are you coming and I said mm. you know what fuck it I'm just going to quit. I gave in my notice. I had to, you know, stay a couple more months, but yeah. I just left. Yeah. I was like, I, I can't be in, in Toronto. Maybe it was Toronto. I don't know, mm-hmm. but I couldn't be there anymore. So I decided to work from home yeah. when I left because I never did that either. So I was like, Hey, you know what? Let's do it. Uh, so I contracted myself out to people who just needed business consulting advice mm-hmm. or just healthcare clinic advice. Cause mm-hmm. that's what I did. Yeah. It worked well. And I could have easily done very well for myself there, mm-hmm. but I hated working from home. Yeah. It was, I don't know if it was because I lacked, I, I missed the interactions of a day-to-day office. It could mm-hmm. have also been because we had a puppy at the time and that was also all my responsibility. Yeah. I was going to say you moved pretty quickly. So just a quick timeline yeah. for those who don't know, you graduated from undergrad and then I guess 16, I think 20, it was. 2016. So I graduated 2017. So yeah. you're the year before me, I guess. Yeah. And um, yeah. And then within what? So when did you move to Ottawa? Like early last year? Or September of 2018. So it'll be a year soon. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. I meant <laughs> mid of last year, not early last year. Yeah. Yes. In the fall, I remember. And it all happened so quickly. And I remember you saying, yeah, I'm moving to Ottawa. I'm like, okay, bye. Okay, bye. I, got a, I got a dog, basically a child. Okay. And, and you're like, yeah, I'm buying a house. Okay. And then, boom, we're getting married. Okay. So a big, big timeline. Oh, my there. God. So and much like, happened. No, and there's so much you could unpack from that, right? And a little bit about what I wanted to ask before we moved on to, like, mm. your present day lifestyle. Um, like, in terms of... But I guess you've always been working, like you said, like you were yeah. like teaching piano since you're what pubescent. So pubescent years. Pubescent years. So I think like when I think of someone who's very financially and emotionally, I guess, independent from their family. Yeah. I, I think of you first. Like I think like you're probably the furthest along of, among all my friends, right? So what was that like for you? Like oh, okay. in undergrad, were you working and studying at the same yep. time? Were you always like independent in that way? Like so my relationship with my parents was really tricky. Yeah. You know, come like us being Asian children, no siblings being female with immigrant Asian parents was really difficult for me growing up. Um, they were very controlling. Mm-hmm. And I and I I like I'd like to give them the benefit of the doubt and say it's because they didn't they weren't sure how to raise a girl in a Canadian environment. Okay. But at the same time, I also felt like it was a little too overbearing. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to pay for a good portion of university myself. Mm-hmm. And that scared the shit out of me. Yeah. But I also knew that I think they had wanted to do that to kind of also teach me that money is hard to come by. And they okay. wanted me to learn how to do it. Um, but I knew I wanted to go to school. I wasn't going to not go to school. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew I wanted to at least study something that at least interested me, but 
it was really hard because I had to leave my parents for a good portion of university and you know I moved in with Stefan for a little bit Stefan's mm-hmm. my now fiance mm-hmm. because it the relationship with them was just not going well and it made no sense to me why it wasn't because I was thriving quite well I was thriving financially I had a job I was putting myself through school mm-hmm. um, I was paying for a lot of the things that I did myself so yeah. it didn't make sense to me why they were so controlling and maybe they were hesitant about how I would be hence why they would like they wanted to steer me in specific directions like but, hesitant in the fact they didn't believe you could do it? Yeah. And okay. I, I, I caught that from their attitude quite a couple of times. So I had to make the decision to leave. And mm. I think it was something internal that my parents were dealing with at the time. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what exactly what it was. And I don't know if they'll ever speak to me about it. And I will never bring it up to them. Yeah. I just think they were fighting amongst themselves regarding specific things. And, I, and it was just toxic for me to be around it. So I also had to leave to have them figure it out. Yeah. And I come back a couple months later and I'm like, you know what? I've left for X amount of months and guess what? I'm fine. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the turning point in our relationship where it was where I was just like, you need to understand that I'm okay mm-hmm. and that I'm doing well. Yeah. So it's been difficult. Don't get me wrong. I mean, when you're 18, 19, trying to figure it out and trying to pay for yourself throughout this world and go to school and go to work. Mm-hmm. in Mississauga and Toronto and go to school in Hamilton it was fucking yeah, difficult I was not I it was not I was not in a good place for a yeah, while but I, I had to do it right because yeah. I knew going forward later on that it would benefit me so much more being mm-hmm. able to do all of this and it would mm-hmm. show in my professional experience as well yeah for sure and like uh after you moved to I mean I, I think we talked about it before you left but like what was their reaction to you moving to Ottawa I don't think they could say anything Mm. Which was a good thing because because I had done so well for myself, it just made sense. Like mm-hmm. I kept I always told my parents, I can't afford a home in in Toronto or Mississauga. Mm-hmm. Nor do I want a big home right now because there's no point if it's two of us living in, in a large in a house. Yeah. I'm paying for more space than I'm using mm-hmm. and I would rather not rent it out to someone I don't know, you know, mm-hmm. an extra room or something. Like, that's just weird to to me. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's me trying to build a relationship a different relationship with my now fiance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so when I had mentioned it to them, I think they knew it was coming, but I think they had a little bit of hesitancy in the fact that they they didn't know that it was going to happen so quick. But they mm-hmm. also couldn't stop it because Seth and I had been together for, what, six six years at that point when I said yeah. it was going to right? Yeah. Yeah. And overall, I think you you said like Stefan and them have a pretty good relationship, right? Yeah, like they, they don't they mind do. him or they're they okay with him. They don't, they don't mind him. It's also because yeah. I I introduced him at a time when it was it was a good and bad timing. Okay. Because they knew that we were dating, and yeah. they knew, but they had also known that I like dated on and off different people before, so they they yeah. didn't really like they didn't really care too much for it. Mm-hmm. It was when I said that I was leaving to move in with him. Yeah. I think that's when they kind of clicked and they were like, that, oh, shit. They're super serious. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's when it happened. And regardless, they didn't dislike him for it. In okay. fact, I think they like him more for it because, yeah. you know, they know that I don't waste time at yeah. all, just anything yeah. in life. So the fact that yeah. I've moved in with him, I'm still yeah. with him. They're like, okay, he's he's serious. Like, this is, this is going to be serious. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Fuck. I sound like I'm fucking 30. <laughs> I know, but like, uh, like, I don't know. I just feel like 
you I, I, we talked about before too it's like you kind of gave like not the ultimate fuck you to your parents but you, yeah you, you kind of like threw up the deuces and you said yep. peace i'm going peace and that I'm and that's pretty much it and like you're like perfectly self-sufficient on your own now so i'm, I'm better for it do i yeah. still have moments where i'm bitter about having to do all of it myself absolutely yeah. mm-hmm. of course because mm-hmm. it's like i was how old and i had to do all this myself that's not fair to anyone yeah. And I always say this to Stefan as well, and he knows it. Is I always say, like, when we have kids, I would like to make sure that they at least don't have to worry about paying for school. Yeah. Because that was a really difficult time in my life, trying to yeah. balance it all. And I'm just like, you just need to kind of, you know, you can work and have a job, but don't have to worry about paying for school because that's a huge, yeah. huge burden. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's why I respect you so much. Thank you. I, you, I try. You made, you made it. You made it out. <laughs> I made it out. Or I survived. I barely survived today. Yeah, I know. I made it out. Yeah, so is there is there a distinct moment? Like you said in undergrad, those are pretty dark years. But is there a distinct moment during that time when you literally thought you couldn't pay for everything or you were, couldn't make through? Yeah. Um, it was actually closer to... I want to say at the end of fourth year. Usually so, when people have a mental breakdown. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It was bad because that was, I had, a, I had a good job. I mean, that was a job where I was working. Um, I was starting up that clinic with that colleague of mine. Yeah. Um, but when you know that you're graduating in the next couple of months, you still have debt to pay off because yeah. OSAP has covered you for X amount of dollars. Mm-hmm. And you're also just like, Trying to apply, I was trying to apply for jobs as well, mm-hmm. even though I had a great one at the moment because I was like, fuck, I would like a corporate job, possibly, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Um, but the thing is, I was not in a good place because I just kept on thinking, holy fuck, what do I do next? Okay. Even though I, I was, I was going to be okay, even though like when I graduated, I would still have the, a good job. I was going to say, yeah. But I felt like I had to get another job. Like I, Why? I, Maybe it's that like common moment or stereotype where it's like you you graduate from university and you get you get the job, you know? And what, I, like your like your like your dream job? Yeah, I Fresh think that's out? Really, that yeah, I think that was my the pressure that I had put on myself mm-hmm. to be able to do that. Like I'm like it would be the dream job because I had excellent experience going mm-hmm. leading up to it. Okay. And I would have landed it. My insurance coverage would have been great. My benefits would have been great. You know, all of those things. I know. I dream about that too. <laughs> God damn it. Okay, this is good. It's going to be, I'm going to interject something. Yeah, so, nice. um, the people who work in the fucking tech industry, like, yeah. I, we went into the wrong thing, I think. <laughs> At least I feel like I did. Like, like a, a bunch of my friends now who, you know, graduated from, like, um, software engineering or, like, computer sci. Like, they, they work at these, like, cool startups and, like, they have, like, a bunch of, you know, free snacks and uh, just like, you know what I mean? And like they, they, their Ubers get paid for, you know <laughs> what I mean? And here I am. Well, I'm like, I'm like, can I have lunch with you at your company? But you know what I mean, right? It's like, I have some insight on that because now my current job is like that to an extent. Mm-hmm. Y- y'all get free snacks. I do. My, my office, like office kitchen is stocked every week. Ay, ay, ay. So it's good, but 
I joined, so the company I'm currently working at now. Yeah, tell, has, us, tell, us, tell us about, about more of your current situation. Yeah, so so when I had moved to Ottawa and I got sick of working from home, and I was just like, holy mm-hmm. shit, I need to get back to a job, a job that I like. <laughs> yeah. Even if it means I can't work for myself, which is okay. Mm-hmm. I, I tried to work for myself, and I did well, but I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I interviewed at over 100 places. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have like, I, it's still in all my calendars, every interview that I had scheduled because mm-hmm. I needed to find something that I really liked doing mm-hmm. uh, because I was going to stay at this job for four or five years, if not more. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had interviewed at a position called, a company called Ascent Compliance. Mm-hmm. So they're an Ottawa-based startup-ish because they're no longer a startup. They've kind of gotten out of that stage and they've grown up. Um but they've done well enough that they're able to maintain a lot of the startup mentality and keep mm-hmm. most of their employees happy. Yep. Um, so I interviewed there for a sales operations coordinator position. So mm-hmm. it's basically making sure that our entire sales department and our sales sales guys and yep. girls are doing well and ha- are able to have the support that they need. Yep. Um, supporting the VPs. Like I work very directly with, you know, people at the board, higher ups in the company, and mm-hmm. it just, it fit what I wanted to do. Okay. It kind of put me straight in the middle of this is where, where all my experiences finally garnered up to, but I'm working directly under leadership where I can learn so much more. And that's mm-hmm. exposure that I didn't get before. Yeah. So, but the other thing is because we are, a grown-up startup now, the work doesn't stop because if you're an Ottawa-based or any Canadian-based startup company, okay. it's very hard to make it work and succeed without being bought out by an American company. Interesting. So while, yeah, I see that some of our friends are in the startup life and it's fucking great and all the Ubers are paid for, the lunches are expensed, like Shopify is like that, or yeah. there's just other companies that do that, but I also know how much work they have to put in every single day. Mm-hmm. And it kind of weighs itself out because the amount of work that these employees are killing themselves to be able to help make this company grow, the company pays it back by saying, we'll take care of you in most cases. In most cases, yeah. In most cases. And that, that's, on, that's on my, the same friend that I was talking to before. Like She's like, yeah, we get free snacks. But she, she says, like, yeah, it gets boring pretty quickly because right. you realize, like, all the shit she, you need to do. And even though, like, she has the luxury of working from home, let's say, like, she, all she needs is her laptop to code yeah. or whatever the hell she yeah. does. But she says, like, yeah, you, you think it's like, it's like kind of a false freedom that you have. 100%. Because <laughs> when you go home, it, it kind of never stops. No. And, like. I've always been told, like, as a healthcare provider, your job never stops. Mm-hmm. Um, but and I thought I'm like, oh, okay, you you work in tech, like you can literally just leave it. Like you know, the <laughs> internet's not gonna shut down overnight. But I, the stuff she's telling me, she's yeah, clients are always emailing you, and you do have to respond. Your boss yep. probably wants is probably messaging you, and you probably need to respond because it's yep. your boss. So yep. it um, doesn't stop. It really doesn't. it doesn't stop. Yeah. So. Starting to realize, like, every profession is just, like, it's, a nut, a nut it, case. Yeah, it's a nut case. The, the one yeah. thing for me where I'm okay with it now, and I think I will be, is mm-hmm. because my previous positions never stopped also, but I had mm-hmm. less stability. Mm-hmm. And with this position, I love who I work with. Like, I, mm-hmm. go, I go into work every day, and I love it, and I don't yeah. mind staying late. Mm-hmm. And the work that I do is truly meaningful. I really am helping to grow, mm-hmm. maintain, and scale a company. And I get yeah. to work very closely mm-hmm. with so much leadership that it's like this is this could be what my next steps are if mm-hmm. I choose to go down that route yeah exactly yeah so for me 
I'm finally at a place professionally where I'm happy, mm -hmm. but I'm already trying to chase what's next for me mm -hmm. in my current position. Like I would and like to get promoted. For everybody, for everybody's perspective, remind us, Emily, when you started this job. <laughs> uh, when did I get it? I, my first day was the last week of May. So hey, I've been there you there go. For, I, I remember. Know. I remember you were, we were texting, and you're like, "So I, I got that job, and I'm already moving up." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> last time I talked to you, you were so interviewing for places. I was oh, good. Uh, I mean. I was in a meeting yesterday. It was with yeah. leadership and like some, one of my directors had brought up this suggestion to this plan I was trying to implement. And I said, no. And I listed all the reasons why. And my VP of sales, he's a great guy, but some people find him a little too rough around the edges, but okay. I really love him. He was like, look at this girl. She's only been here for 90 days. 90 days, literally. <laughs> You're, is there a probation period? Like, there, is there a receipt? <laughs> uh, I think it's six months. Yeah. And then you have a six month review. Yeah. But I'm sure I'm doing fine. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> if you're getting book recommendations from the CEO, I feel like, you know, there's a personal relationship there already. I, yeah. I was telling Stefan yesterday, and I think he's really pushing for it as well. I really want to get to leadership level. Like, I would love to be a VP. I don't want to ever be a CEO because. Okay. I don't want to do that. And it's weird to say that because people might be like, what the fuck are you thinking? But then but, but then you realize uh, on your pursuit of upwardly pursuits, like yeah. the CEO is the next best thing, right? Possibly. But for me, it's, um, I think it's just not what I wanted to do. I, I, don't, I don't want that additional, this entire company of X amount of value is going to be under you and you have to mm -hmm. make all the decisions. Like, no. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm okay yeah. with not doing that. I'm okay with being directly under that. Yeah. But I don't want to be the head person. This is a trade-off, right? So yeah. Yeah. Not worth it sometimes. What's like the biggest difference? Cuz like you said, you you work from home for a little bit. Um <laughs> biggest difference, what's the biggest difference do you find working from home versus working the typical like 9 to 5 now? Okay. There's pros and cons to each of them, but like distinctively why why do you think you're happier now where you are? Working from home I like being around people all the time. And it's not because I'm extroverted or introverted. I'm a bit mm. of a mix of both. Mm. But I like being able to interact. And then if there's issues, I like being able to speak face-to-face. -face. Or if we have concerns, like let's hash it out face-to-face. -face. I don't like doing it over text, email, Skype. It just feels so weird to me. I would okay. rather be able to speak and be around people in person. Mm -hmm. That was one of the biggest things for me. And... The other thing is when you're working from home and you've got the pups and then you have the fiance who is going into work every single day, mm. you're also part housewife as well. I am. It, yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if I love that. Yeah. It, it just seemed more like I'm home, so I might as well do clean this at the same mm. time because I'm here mm. and it's easier. But then it's like, wait, why the fuck am I doing that to myself? Mm. But you, like, I just revert to that. And I, I don't like that because then he comes home and I get mad because I'm just like, oh, you've done nothing all day. It's not his fault either. But it's yeah. just it. It's a common thing that happens because I was speaking mm. to some of my coworkers who had done similar things where they had worked from home as well. Um, women and they're like yeah I and I start actually resenting him when I worked from home mm -hmm. and I was like fuck I, that's the exact same thing that happened yeah. to me See, so Josephine, actually, Josephine and I always joke about that because Josephine's like yeah I want to be a tro trophy housewife I'm like <laughs> I'm like with your personality and you're just like overall she's a very like she's a go-getter as well and she's not necessarily that house 
wife type yeah. I think and over time the resentment does build and you're gonna feel like and then that's just gonna be unnecessary stress in your relationship so it absolutely builds and we actually fought more when I was working at home yeah than we did ever well no we fought like times years before on different yeah. issues but we had fought more than we normally did when I was working from home Mm-hmm. And it was just because I just wasn't happy doing it. Again, it was like another unhappiness. And then that just seeps around everywhere else, right? Mm-hmm. So. Um, the other thing like that's good, but it's also mm-hmm. bad, is it's easier to cook <laughs> when you're working from home. Like You can just prep dinner while you're working at the same time. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. But now that I'm working so often, even if I try to prep dinner like days beforehand, sometimes you come home and you're just like, fuck let's just go out to eat. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the other thing, right? So, unfortunately, Momo can't dinner prep for you, so. Momo's useless. All she does is lie on the floor. <laughs> that's literally all she does. On 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 her Instagram, I'm like, "Do you do anything else?" <laughs> she she mopes and she just looks at you in her droopy eyeballs. Yeah, does she get along well with the other children or what? Okay, this is the weird thing about her. So, when we first got her, the breeder, the breeder was like She's the quietest one out of the batch. Mm. And I was just like, oh, really? And she really was. She doesn't bark. Like, she'll bark once, and then she'll scare herself when she barks. Oh, wow. She doesn't like the sound of it. Mm. And when we go to the dog park, it's fun. However, when dogs are a little more riled up and want to have fun, she kind of shies away from it. Mm. And I don't know why. Like, she, on the sidewalk, she'll, like, fucking go ham on any dog she sees. But she's like, yes, new friend. But at, mm-hmm. the do- at the dog park, she's really shy. And we just don't know why. And if a dog barks, um, she'll just tuck her tail between her legs and just come back to us. And so mm. I don't know what it is. Yeah. So we keep juggling with like sh- if we should buy another basset hound or not. Mm. I say no because, holy shit, no. Not right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also like I don't know if she would get along with another dog if we mm. had them in the house. Because she's so possessive of us. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting. I don't know. I don't know. I I think you might have an only child in your hands. Yeah, we do. She kind of sounds and behaves like me. So she's, she's I feel a like child. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of being a mother, this is a great tangent here. Uh, <laughs> one of the main topics while you're on today, um, mm-hmm. w- women in the workplace. Yeah. First of all, um, you're a lady. You move through the world as a lady. I do. And you're a very strong lady. And uh, Josephine and I touched touched upon this um, in a previous episode where, I guess, um, sometimes with women, Mm -hmm. depending on the workplace, Mm -hmm. a lot of times if you're very outspoken and you're very assertive, it's one of those things where things like confidence, assertiveness, and just like being well-spoken in a man is automatically, oh, he's a great leader or he's a great boss. of course. And then you flip it to, like, a woman. If, like, the same qualities and great skills and achievements and you put on, like, a woman, all of a sudden she's, like, a tyrant, a bitch, or overly, overly overwhelming. (laughs) You know what was a word that was used to describe me in very kindness, but you wouldn't Mm. use it to describe a man in the workplace? Controlling. Yeah, that's a that, that's a it's very feminine, word. right? Yeah, right. And yeah. I I had it said to me because I was 
I was trying to action something and I wanted it to be done in a specific way because it's going to benefit every single person if we did it the way that I had wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. And someone had laughed at me and said, you're just a little controlling, aren't you? Was that coming from a man? Yeah, of course it did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I previ- like prior to me, maybe like five years ago, seven, maybe seven years ago, would have laughed it off. Mm-hmm. But like the other day I looked at him and I was just like, you're going to get that done, right? yeah because you know what like I'm fortunate because I've built myself to that level so I can do it and not feel any ways about it anymore yeah and but believe me I still go home sometimes and I'm shaking from just literal frustration because Mm -hmm. I know that we're treated differently Mm. And when I first had my interviews at the place I'm at now, yeah, it was really interesting because they had actually brought in almost so many women to come meet me during interview number one that yeah. were in leadership positions. And I was yeah. like, great. Oh, my gosh. I love it. But yeah. then I came into work and my workplace is 70 percent male, if not yeah, more, you mentioned than, that. Yeah. It's more than that. I think it's like 80 percent male. So yeah. that excited me. But it also was just kind of like, okay, I have to figure it out a little bit yeah. more about what I'm going to do. Because the the larger team that I currently work with and I operate, they're all men. Mm-hmm. All, like all of them. Um, my manager is a female. And I yeah. love that. And she's great. And one of the VPs I work closely with is also female as well. But my mm-hmm. majority of the team that I operate with, they're all men. Yeah. And I was talking the other day. We My team is in sales. Yep. So male sales individuals generally succeed much better than females do, Why? especially in a tech space they do. Why? Um, I find that they just are they get they get the sale close quicker, and I don't know exactly why yet, but I've noticed it in my company okay. that that's how it's done. So a lot of the women they are struggling. They've closed a couple deals, but they haven't closed as much money as some of their male counterparts. Mm-hmm. And it bothers me that they get so down on themselves for that because it's like, you shouldn't be. Holy shit, mm-hmm. you've made it to this great company. Like, mm-hmm. understand and hone that. Mm-hmm. I just think it's harder for women, especially in higher demanding jobs, to keep their own morale up sometimes unless you've been built a specific way to just yeah. not feel any ways about it. Yeah. Is there a specific time? I guess, again... Uh, because you're self-employed for X amount of time, you don't. And I think, like in, I guess when you're doing the healthcare stuff, like, what, did you feel that like discrepancy between being a man versus being a woman in the workplace? Like when you're emailing clients and stuff, or when you're reaching out, like, did you find people? You know, you know what I mean. Whereas now you're in like a social circle, yeah, and there's like a hierarchy, unsaid hierarchy. It's a little. Like, is there a difference? It, it, there, yes and no. So when I was working for myself, mm-hmm. it was a first question I always got asked. And again, it's also because we are younger and we're Asian. Mm-hmm. We also look younger. Is yeah, like, I always, old? how old are you? <laughs> and I'm like, you can't ask me that. Yeah. Like, do you not know that that's an illegal question? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you can't ask me that. And I, And sometimes me being so forthcoming with that answer, people were a little more hesitant of me. Yeah. But... The other thing is, like, when I was working in healthcare, I think it's a little bit different because I do find that women in healthcare tend to do better. I agree. Than men. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't, 
like, is it because we're a little bit more nurturing, where we have a little bit more patience, we tend to hear our clients out better, possibly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I also don't want to bucket us into that as well. It's it's interesting because like I guess the skills you gain or like the, the I want to say character traits you had to flex harder in healthcare yeah. versus yeah. now is completely different because you oh, technically okay. work in a completely different industry now, yeah, right? I so do. being being nurturing, being compassionate, being uh, being a good listener in a way is not going to get you get the job no. done. No, right. So not. what's that difference you find? I. The reason why I'm so good at what I'm doing now is because I'm very good at balancing it out. Mm-hmm. I can be really controlling, quote unquote, mm-hmm. but that's because it, the work gets done and I'm respected for it. And if yeah. I need to know when to back off, I can read that really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll I'll use different methods with different people because I've, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll get a sense of you know who you are and what works better for you so you can get your stuff done so it doesn't make yeah. me look bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing is like, I was just remembered being a woman in the workplace. When I did my first interview, I didn't wear my ring. People sometimes ask, you know, Oh, you're engaged or, Oh, you're this. Oh. When are you getting married? When yeah. you have, like, do you know what I mean? They factor I, that in, right? But you, but you know what? I don't know. It's shitty for me to say I would as well. Mm. I would factor that in. Like, yeah. I, I took it off and then yeah. the week I started I put it on and then I got the questions yeah but it's like those things unfortunately are those biases that aren't shown but they make a difference so wedding wedding ring bias so in break that down even further so do you think like oh yeah as like an employer would you think like oh this lady's gonna get married soon she probably wants time off so yep. on and so on is that the biggest factor I and think like, I would yeah, I would. So let's let let's say this: if I'm interviewing for a position that I know this person might grow and scale into a larger role in the next coming years, because mm-hmm. that's the game plan that I have planned out for that individual, mm-hmm. I see an engagement ring on their finger, and I try to get to know you. I will ask you, mm-hmm. "Oh, when did you guys get engaged? When's the wedding?" <laughs> because we need to gauge how much time this person is going to need off. Mm-hmm. The other thing is like okay, what next steps are? For some people, they have kids right away. For some people, they don't, right? Like, but you you create these biases in your head and it does sway how, how, like, who gets hired. It really does. Yeah, yeah. It's shitty to say and I hate doing it myself. Yeah, it's shitty, but it's it's completely true. And, like, it's a factor in the company's basically longevity and money, right? So, it all comes down to money, I think. That's usually what it is. Yeah. yeah, and when I when I started, I put my rings back on, yeah. and all the questions flew in. Like I didn't know you were this. I, I'm like, yeah. yeah. I I was like, I made a joke. I said, yeah. had I worn it, I don't know if I would have gotten it because yeah. you know now my age because I put mm-hmm. my age in when I put when I signed up for the job and all mm-hmm. that stuff, HR stuff. Mm-hmm. You know my age, so you can kind of calculate when I'm gonna want to do A, B, yeah. or C, right? And a good thing about you, I mean, from their perspective, is you're still very young. <laughs> I feel like, you know, having kids and taking that maternity leave, that's going to be more of a concern if they're probably, if the person's like 28, 20, yeah. 29, right? Yeah. So, yeah. You know, uh, I, think, I think women in general are just having kids much, much later. I think into the 30s and like yeah. even now these days. Um, Stefan wants them soon-ish and I oh, shut it down. Dear. I don't blame him though because like think about it by the time we get married we'll be together for eight years right 
it's it's gonna be a while but i'm just like i can't right now i'm yeah. so busy how did he take it i'm sure he's okay yeah. with it, right? <laughs> he's okay with it but i know i know when we do get married next year he's gonna be like so when we thinking <laughs> what are we think what's his rush let's be honest here i know what's right I, I literally asked him like do you realize how it's going to change your life too yeah I don't think he realized. I think I don't think my dad, at least as a guy, he he didn't realize the scale of which having a kid no, will like it? rattle up your life. No, again, like I, like you know, my, where our parents also grew up in a different time, and they immigrated a different time, and they got yeah. jobs and had children during a different time. Like my my dad had me when he, when he was twenty six, and my mom was twenty four, aka my oh, age. Oh so I should be popping up babies technically. <laughs> But That's so anxiety inducing. Yeah, but either way, um, it, it kind of all depends on you, right? He can't be having babies by himself. In terms of, I guess, uh, as as a lady in the workplace, mm-hmm. very powerful lady in the workplace. Do you have any advice for other women who want to navigate a similar field as you are now? I'm not going to ask like how you navigate a healthcare because that's going to be a different. Mm, you know what I'm going to say, and I actually said this to one of my female coworkers like a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. Mm-hmm. It's okay to cry at work; just do it in the stall in the bathroom. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I mean, the, the the ideal world, you don't have to do that. But unfortunately, you do sometimes. Have you? So. After my second interview, yeah. I was interviewing with our VP, our direct VP, and mm-hmm. he was a feisty one. He didn't read my resume. He challenged me on everything. And I'm very good at standing strong and not showing that I'm phased. Mm-hmm. But I went home. Mm-hmm. I went to Stefan and I mm-hmm. said, I don't know if I want this job. <laughs> <laughs> And I, and, I, and I cried for a bit. I said, yeah. oh, my God, that was, I was like, I think I did well, but is, is this how it's going to be every single fucking day? Am I going to get grilled mm. every single fucking day? Mm. So I cried. And mm. I said, you know what? It's okay. And I th- thought about it, and, like, obviously I still won the job. But mm. first week I was in the office, there was a girl who was crying in the stall. <laughs> oh, Emily. <laughs> but it's because her job is so demanding. Yeah, and we have numbers to hit and we have goals to hit and it is really demanding and culture is good don't get me wrong there's nothing wrong with it it's just it's just hard yeah and the you the money you make directly it there a lot of people are based off of a quota so mm-hmm. they have to hit a number and sometimes you're just frustrated and sometimes mm-hmm. things just don't go your way mm-hmm. and there was a girl crying in the stall and I was like, are you okay? And we kind of introduced ourselves. And she was like, sorry, I'm being so silly. And I looked at her and I said, it's okay to cry at work. Just do yeah. it in the stall. And yeah. you wipe it off and make mm-hmm. sure your eyes aren't red and you get back to work. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, what? Like, you're just going to keep building yourself up and you're going to get better at it. Mm-hmm. If you have to cry every once in a while, fuck, that's okay. Do it. You just have to do it. So that's my one thing. If you need to cry or if, you know... You're, you feel like you have to get talked off of a ledge, just go somewhere private, fucking bash it out, and then get back to work because yeah. every woman is able to do it. Mm-hmm. You just have to have those like one-off moments to just let yourself cool down. Because, yeah. fuck, it happens to men, too. Men get angry and pissy, yeah. and they outwardly show it, and then yeah. it rattles everyone up. Mm-hmm. But with women, we're smarter about it. We go do it privately, and then mm-hmm. we clean ourselves up, and then we get back to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
even on this podcast, I hate just putting men and women in like distinct categories and boxes. I, I catch myself doing all the time. Like, I'm oh, such a guy thing to do. Or, you know, like <laughs> when we talk about dating, I'm like, oh, man, you know, it's just like, <laughs> but at the same time, it's like it, it, it there. I think the more I see the world, it's yeah. very much so like that. Like the stereotypes still hold true. Yep, they do. And like you know, like people say, oh, men are getting better, and there's more awareness about gender equality and stuff. But like, there's still so much like niches and stuff between men and women. In the workplace, yeah. Yeah, in the workplace, I think I think men just cope differently than women. They do. They 100 percent do. Yeah, like there's there's been days where my dad comes home from work and he's stressed because he has a deadline for the project, Mm -hmm. and he'll just be like, he'll just take it out on like either me or my mom, not like kind of emotionally taking it out, or he's like pissy and stressed but we're like what's wrong and he's like you know nothing's wrong but then um with like what you did with that girl in the bathroom stall was the probably the best thing you could have done that moment yeah and like yeah. women need to kind of stick up for each other and empower each other and kind of just you know tell tell the girl next beside you to be like yeah i did that too i cried yeah. yesterday but yeah. it's fine you know what it's i mean fine. i'm so. still fine you see me doing well so yeah. you can do it too just yeah. let it out and then move on ahead Exactly. Yeah. Is there a cattiness between? I feel like compared to your, you, you mm. said what, 80% men versus what, like a, let's say a fashion, a fashion industry or like a fashion model company that's going to yeah. be like predominantly women. Yeah. Is, it catty, is it catty where you are? No. Good. No. I have, I've never seen it because mm. I find that it's cattier with the men. It's interesting, actually, the dynamic. Because there's such little women at the company that they, we all really do work really hard because we also, we know that every day we have to come and improve ourselves. True. Um, So we are always helping each other out. It's more difficult with the men because they are always trying to beat each other and be the better person and be the one who sells the most and does the best. So it's a little cattier there. But even not so much that it's even unhealthy. I think it's just none of the women are catty at my workplace, which mm-hmm. I'm very thankful for. Would you imagine that, let's say, the ratio between men and women were flipped at the company? Mm-hmm. What do, you, do you think that that statement will still hold true? No. And that's yeah, right? unfortunate. It's yeah, really, I, I, really unfortunate. I, I've seen that. I've seen that all the time. Yeah. Like, I hear about it all the time. I feel like we're we're stronger when the number is smaller because exactly. we can hold ourselves up. And if someone yeah. is to be like really fucking delinquent, mm-hmm. then we can like whip them back into shape and be like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. But if there's more women, it's never, it's not like that. Yeah. Like, it's, I don't know why that is. Mm-hmm. And it's so sad that it's like that but it's I unfortunate just, yeah i just don't know why yeah i think it's um social psychology oh. and evolution yeah <laughs> and yeah. it's weird because with women like when you're when the number is smaller and one of you succeed you all succeed because you help them yeah. get there yeah. whereas when the number is larger and one of you guys succeeds there's going to be a bunch who literally wish the worst on that individual that's true right and i just i don't fucking know why like it's shitty to, to say that but yeah. that's just how it is and like i feel like that if the net like let's say like you, you switch it on from a men's perspective it's probably the same thing oh like if, if, yeah. if you have like what two or two four guys with you yeah you're probably gonna help each other out there's, there's no direct competition yeah. but yeah it's, it's kind of survival of the fittest right and just Always. due to numbers um, 
Because I, I asked that question because uh, at the clinic I work now, um, mm-hmm. for the most part, the male male to female ratio is very equal. Yeah. But everyone, everyone like there's multiple practitioners. There's like the osteopath, there's like the physio, the chiros, yeah. and then like the massage therapist. But like yeah. I think it's pretty evenly divided. Mm-hmm. But I've also worked at a clinic where it was all female. So it's like a team of female physiotherapists. Yeah. And like I could, there was like nobody who was a male. That's like one male. A physiotherapist who worked like one evening mm-hmm. and like going into that work environment in itself was very intimidating for me I'm like wow there's a lot of women here and they're very powerful strong women mm-hmm. you know what I mean and like everyone's pretty to themselves I want to say yeah. like they kind of get their work done they treat their patients and then they head home yeah and for you would expect to be a very like chatty thing uh, kind yeah. of environment but it wasn't that and like I felt like whatever questions I had and stuff it wasn't really well received or they'd be like mm-hmm. uh they'll answer it but not to the best detail the, I yeah, think I, I don't know what it is I, I think it's just catty and then um I was talking to one of the girls I worked with there she was the, the kinesiologist yeah. and after I left then I bumped into her kind of like outside like outside work, of work yeah. and then she said like yeah like wow like you, you left at a good time because there's some like tension. you know tension yeah. like so and so did so and so and left yep. abruptly and it was yep. more of like a political dramatic yep. thing rather than like her leaving uh, amicably so like yeah, it's, it's very very different I find <laughs> that happens that happens in healthcare though because yeah. women in healthcare don't work well together yeah, I don't know what even proceed, <laughs> and yeah, especially when it's uh, multidisciplinary. You guys are getting created by OHIP. You guys have to mm-hmm. do it all yourselves, right? Mm-hmm. Like it just—I don't know. From my experiences, the women that I've worked with in healthcare, all great people, love them all, but they are very catty and judgmental sometimes too and when one person does something that steps on the line they they look, kind of look at them like oh what the fuck are you doing or oh what was that you know what i mean yeah well, i don't like that either yeah <sighs> thank god i'm not working in healthcare anymore yeah i was gonna say is, is that one of the deterring factors yeah. maybe yeah i don't want to work in that in that field anymore yeah. i think i think i just needed something a little more stable Um, something that could allow me to get paid more as well that had growth in it like I never wanted to be an owner of a clinic really I never wanted to do any of that I wanted to be able to grow myself into a higher up position Mm -hmm. you can't do that in healthcare unless you're in a hospital no you can't can't I don't think I don't think you ever reach like stability like even though even though like some of the practitioners I've worked with now that they've they've been practicing for like uh at 20 years something like that something ridiculous and uh yeah they have they have enough clientele and patients where like they're back to back to back to back during their whole shift which is amazing to achieve in itself um whether it's the physiotherapist or the chiropractor Mm -hmm. but it's like I still feel like there's in a way there's like no security with that you know I find um and like, like you have to you have to watch it for yourself like oh, as yeah. a practitioner your physical health is oh, yeah. d- direct a direct tool in your profession oh so of and like then health you, benefits that's a whole nother thing so like imagine taking two weeks off and your back-to-back-to-back caseload literally mm-hmm. empties and you have to rebuild yeah. it again like that's yeah. exhausting i could yeah. never do that yeah it's just it it's scary to me yeah and and that's one of the things i think about too now 
But again, I'm taking one step at a time. I'm, I know like, sometimes I think about it. I'm like, oh my God, I'm not, I'm not cool with the inst- instability. But then I'm like, no, this is what I signed up for going in. Yeah. I well, I well, well, well knew going well yeah. what I was doing. So That's the thing. There's a lot of people who work in healthcare who don't know that this is the case because they've never taken a lot of time to actually work in the clinics themselves. In research? Yeah. <laughs> Read a book. <laughs> yeah. But the other thing is like, if you end up going down the route of working in the hospital, salary yeah right stability so there there are options just (laughs) not as many as we would hope because everything is you know percentage split patient by patient by patient yeah 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 Uh, don't worry i'll come crying to you one day when i graduate i'm like i don't know what i'm doing i will be happy to listen always I I would rather people come crying to me because it's just like, listen, <laughs> I know exactly how you feel and you will survive it. You will always survive it. But if you need to just hash it out to me and I have to help guide you a little bit, I will always help you guys, help you yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah, there's too many times this year. Well, like, especially my mom getting sick and stuff. Yeah. It was like, oh, it was a lot. This year was a little journey for me. It and, was um, for you. Really yeah, and I'm just like, ah. But in, in the thick of things, when it first started, I'm like, okay, how am I going to handle all these appointments? And, like, how am I going to handle staying afloat in school? But somehow, you somehow we're here. You did it? <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah, and, like, a lot of it I, I can contribute. So just not just, like, I had help, obviously. Like, my, my dad and I had a lot of help. Yeah. And uh, my mom and her and my mom was very independent for the yeah. most part. So it was, like, but it, it's kind of scary how in the moment you catastrophize things. And you're like, this is not yep. going to work out. Like, yep. like, like you're, every uh, simulation you're running in your head, every possible yep. outcome, it you're fails. like, this is not yep. going to work out. And it's like, fail, 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 fail. And yep. it's like, or, or like a subpar outcome. Yep. But then when you actually kind of make it out of it and you just mm-hmm. kind of say, fuck it to the simulations yeah. and like kind of you trying to predict what's going to happen. And exactly. you, you take, it as, take, it, take it as it comes. You're like, oh, I'll just figure it out. I think that's also due in part to how like you and I are is we think of every worst possible scenario to get ready for it yes or at least cushion our hearts for it I'm a pessimist for this reason I know because I do the same thing I think of every worst possible case scenario because if it happens guess what I already considered it so I'm okay to an extent but I it's a blocking and a coping mechanism Mm yeah yeah and it's a little bit limiting too. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, of course, oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm so jealous of the people who just wake up one day and say, "This is gonna be the best day ever," no. and they they carpe diem nope. that shit and nope. seize the fucking day. I'm like, I nope. how how where do you find that? I don't think I've ever spontaneously done anything. I've always had to plan it because that's just yeah. how we are, right? We can't. No, it's just uh, yeah, and. It, <laughs> And I, I think about that, too, because Josephine and I debate all the time. It's like in we talk about like her extroversion and like our, my introversion, but that's yeah. just whatever. But like uh, and like Josephine and I are kind of more type but relative to her. I'm very type A. Yeah. She's a bit more laid back than I am. But I'm like, how did it get to this point? Like, is it upbringing? Did, did our parents teach us that way? But like you said, I think a lot of it's kind of a coping mechanism I picked up at some point. Yeah, in life. it's just coping. It's it's us realizing that we've been burned before, and this was the best way for us to survive it going forward. How unfortunate. Which is so so morbid and so sad. Yeah, I wanted to. But 
I think it's better this way because if you're someone who's like go getter, never never thought of you know worst case scenarios, and then one day you do get burned really bad, I can't even imagine what kind of hole you'll put yourself into for the like next couple of months. And I've seen and how, that with people. Yeah, and how do you cope? Exactly. <laughs> how do you pick yourself up? And th- that's something I see too, because uh, and to just kind of a lot of the older folks that I have in my life, they're like, oh, you millennials, X Y Z X Y Z. And yeah, I do think a lot of people that I know who were cushioned growing up and they're as one of my good friends um, always says, it's like some kids are raised up, um, raised their parents telling them they shit rainbows and butterflies. Like they think, uh, you know, their parents set them up in a way that, oh, you're so loved. You're so smart. You're so beautiful. You're so handsome. And then they they go, you know, they walk into high school and then they realize they're not all those things. And all of a sudden it becomes this identity crisis that they have. Exactly. It's, it's like, you have to be real when you're parenting them because, do you really want your kid to learn reality the harsh way and really get fucked up? Because that's that's gonna happen, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's why I think like I'm I don't I'm, I don't uh, anticipate me having like a midlife crisis because I'm perpetually oh. in a crisis. Yeah, and it's yeah. like yeah, like you know, if anything, things are gonna get better from here. Uh, I was one um. of my one of my uh, coworkers was like, "Are you gonna have a quarter life crisis?" And I'm like. I think I had that like four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> when you were even at quarter life. Exactly. I was like, yeah. I think I had that when I was when I graduated. So I think yeah. I already had it. So yeah. I think I'm good. I'm good for you got, now. You got that out of the way. I did. Thank thank God for that. What in the name of the God was that? Someone screeched their chair instead of picking it up. So that mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, you're good. Um very very appropriately so. You're mm-hmm. Emily, where are you right now again? Uh National Arts Center. Yeah, in in Ottawa, and in Ottawa. it's a beautiful place. If you guys, if the podcasters can uh, take a look <laughs> at this stuff, but anyway, yeah. um, kind of a easy but not easy segue. Wedding planning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think um, <laughs> I, I think I saw my formal congratulations. You did. You um, did. Yeah. Well, um, congrats again. Thank you. Y'all, Emily, going get married and shit. I. <sighs> Did I tell you how I did? I I kind of told you. So let's say let's say it again for the podcast. Yeah, how we yeah, decided I, to. Yeah, uh, I keep forgetting we're having a conversation with other people listening. So can you tell a bit more yes. about like you know how you and Stefan met? <laughs> what was the love story? Yes. What was the whole lead up? Like what's yes. going on here? Okay, I'll make it long story short. So we yes. met in high school. You. I know. <sighs> we we were like never gonna date each other because we're like what the what the fuck? We're we're really good friends. Mm-hmm. Um, we also realized that we lived like seven minutes away from each other. So he went <laughs> to the elementary school next to the elementary school that I went to. Yeah. So like just little nuances like that. Um, when we were in grade 12, there was a period of time where I didn't speak to him as much because the guy that I was dating didn't like Stefan very much. True. It's just fine, whatever. And then the guy that I was dating, you know, me and him broke up. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, out of my instinct, I actually called Stefan and I said, do you want to go out for dinner like next week? Wow, that rebound. <laughs> what, like a couple hours? I yeah, but <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about it in that way. It was more like I really missed my friend. Oh, that was, that's what it was. I really missed my friend because I was dating someone who wasn't letting me talk to him, mm. and I really missed my friend. So. Interesting. And it's funny because his reaction when I had called him and I told him that we broke up, he fell out of his chair. 
because he, he literally was like, what, they broke up because we had been dating for a while. So he was really shocked. Um, but he was like, yeah, what do you want to do? Yada, yada, yada. And the guy I was dating before was allergic to everything. So our, our, our dining out options were hella fucking limited. And you know me and you know how much that kills me that I can't You're eat good food. You're a foodie. Food. You're a foodie, exactly. man. So... Um, we went out and we just fucking binged on everything we ate. And then it was kind of weird because we had such a good time together that it just kind of fell into a relationship. So you Even kept though, hanging out with each other? Yeah, yeah, we just kept, you know, going out every night or I'd go, I'd go over to his place and we'd like huddle, but not really. And yeah, we just dated, but without even saying that we were. Okay. Um, so that's how it went. I mean, we had our ups and downs. You know, people tried to be stupid in high school and try to ruin mm-hmm. it, whatever. Um, we lasted through university. Uh, Somehow, we, yeah. I know. But we almost, we had our, some of our roughest times were during then because, you know me, I was very driven. I was paying for school. I was working. He didn't know if he wanted to continue university. Yeah. So he tried to do first year two times and decided he just couldn't do it mm. so the, for a good chunk of a large year he just picked up odd jobs and just tried to work to figure out what he wanted to do yeah. that was more difficult for me because I needed a guy who at least had some sort of education yeah. just to be like I'm I'm trying to look out for you to make your life easier in the future because if you don't show that you're, you've been able to put yourself through something mm-hmm. it's not going to be easy for you Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of one of the darker, darker times of our lives because, yeah. you know, we were both growing up, but we mm-hmm. also had to learn to grow up with each other as well. Yeah. And individually, obviously. And individually. Like it was yeah. really difficult. Um, yeah. we survived it. Yeah. Um, we still have occasional fights, but I think it was, what month are we in? We're in August. I think yes. it was a couple months ago, maybe in March, maybe, um, I had come back to Toronto for a friend's bridal shower mm-hmm. and his mom was there mm-hmm. and his mom got a little annoying and kept asking mm-hmm. when we were getting married. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I snapped at, I snapped back at her and I said, <laughs> <laughs> I just said next year. And I think Which I left her. True. I left true. her. Again, all right. Which is true. <laughs> I left her in such a state of shock, but I just didn't. Yeah. Uh, because it just got really annoying. Yeah. And it wasn't that we weren't going to eventually. It was just like, holy shit, just stop asking me. That's true. Because it was just, I just didn't have time. Like, we don't have time for it. Like, mm-hmm. I, but I'm also just not someone who thinks about it that much. Like, if it happens, it ha- if it happens, it happens. And if it doesn't right now, I know it will eventually. So, yeah. So I just snapped, that, snapped at her. Yeah. Next year, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and again, so the, the timeline is y'all moved in together, survived that, got a puppy, survived that. And now you got this job surviving that and mm-hmm. thriving. So, yep. and you guys bought that house. We Congratulations. You are officially homeowners. The homeowners. Hell? And we moved. Well, I got pushed back. So we're moving in in November, but we're still moving in then. I hope it doesn't get pushed back anymore. Yeah. But yes, we, yeah. it will be. Originally, like, originally, was it September or something? Originally, it was September and it got yeah. pushed back to November. But it's okay because mm-hmm. it's expected. It's a new build. I get yeah. it. So that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um. And literally, I when I told his mom that, like two days later, I came back to Ottawa and I looked at him. Mm. And I said, "I told your mom we're getting married next oh year." Oh my god! 
And I said, should we just do it? And he looked at me, he was like, sure. What a unilateral decision you made on both your parts. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't even text him. Yeah. I, I actually I called him afterwards and I said, yeah, yeah I kind of said this to your mom, but I think we should talk about it in person when they come back. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. But and the, but the, the beautiful thing about your relationship is, again, because it's something that's kind of like inevitable that you guys yeah. are going to get married as a matter of just like, let's just decide when. Yeah. So uh, in like the, the the fact that he reacted like that, <laughs> I think that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> he was he looked at me and was like. Uh, yeah i'm cool with that yeah i can I, imagine seeing saying that i think he's i think he was a little relieved that it was that way <laughs> because i know him and he doesn't know what the best timing is so okay. and i'm also just someone who knows everything so yeah. for, for him to have like hit something like this should he have done it i don't think it would have been successful anyways yeah. so i would rather just put it out there and mutual decision it and we're good to go okay wow just, just <laughs> lay the foundation and worry about it later <laughs> so yeah it was good um and so how's the wedding process coming along I, I mean most i think our demographic is not getting married anytime soon but like oh, yeah, do you have yeah. any like you know you realize like I mean, not a lot of people are getting married at our age <laughs> so like what's well, your um what's your approach and I, I know you and Stefan are also doing a little bit uh more of an untraditional yes, route so like what what led you to that and like could you talk about that a little bit too yeah so I will say this I think for my year a lot of people are like we're getting married at our age which say what like a lot of people <laughs> yeah exactly like a lot of people you that, know? that we went to high school with like are already married and it's no but this is the thing and, and like uh me and my friend talked about this too it's like it depends on what you do with your life like a lot of people who like kind of went straight into work after high school mm-hmm. they have like five children at least now people, i know <laughs> people who did college like this is a two-year thing two two okay. two to a three-year thing so they'll probably be either married and in the process of having kids so it's kind of yeah. depending what you did right um but the thing is, like, a, a lot of our people we knew, like, they did it. They, they got married yeah. and they had kids, like, right afterwards. So, mm-hmm. not that I was feeling pressured by that. I was just like, how the fuck are you doing this straight out of university? And with how are you affording debt? it? Yeah. yeah. That's the biggest and thing. So, what we decided to do, and it's more really what I decided to do, because he, he doesn't mind either way. Mm-hmm. Um, I basically looked at him and I said, I don't want the big wedding. I'm like, mm-hmm. we're just going to do a city yeah. hall thing. Yeah. Um, we're going to keep our anniversary date. So our anniversary is June 1st. So yeah. June 1st of 2020, we're just going to go down to City Hall and we'll just do it there. Yeah. Because I I don't, I feel weird having a big wedding or like okay. a big, the the, or, the orchestra of what it is. Yeah. It's not me at all. Like I had gone wedding dress shopping with some of my friends and yeah. I did it more for them. And yeah. did I feel great in a couple of really great dresses? Yeah, I did. But I don't. Yeah. I'm not the type to walk down Nile wearing yeah. that and have yeah. everyone look at me and whatnot. When really, I just only care about the fact that I'm going to be married one person. Yeah. I am going to have a dinner celebration mm-hmm. instead, just yeah. because I just want us to all sit down and have a good time and really just have everyone we love in one room. Yeah. And do that, but. It, even that is going to be on a smaller scale than what people normally would pay. Half like a dinner, right? Yeah. yeah, but it's just well, the one thing we did want to spend oh, yeah. money on was a good dinner. Mm-hmm. And a, a good dinner with, you know, like two speeches. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a dessert bar and that's it. Like, go mm-hmm. home. 
Yeah. That's it. Like we'll yeah. we'll pay for everyone's dinner and that's yeah. it because we you guys have been a part of our lives. So mm-hmm. this is us just being friendly and giving mm-hmm. it back in return and you guys can yeah. can celebrate us for like a couple hours of the night. Because like it's so expensive. Everything regarding when you say the word wedding is so ridiculously expensive. Exactly. And it's not that we're not in a place to be able to afford it. We're really fortunate that we both have really great jobs to be mm-hmm. able to do so. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to spend that money. No. Um, I'm just very uncomfortable with it. I would rather buy really great furniture or take mm-hmm. a good trip or just take the money and put do in other things. Yeah, yeah, just put in other things. And, I don't want it. And like what, what you said about like A, calling in an orchestra. Like, yeah, I fully agree. A lot of it's like, I think a lot of people on their wedding days, like it's more of like a show for other people rather than like a special moment for them. Yeah. No matter how much you think it is for yourself, I mm-hmm. still think like a big wedding is just a big flex. That's yeah, all it is, really, right? Because and, they, they want to show everyone that they've invited that this is the gorgeous thing that I've done. Yeah. And then it trickles down to every single woman in the room who yeah. wants the same thing, and it's yeah. just unhealthy. Yeah, it's a yeah, like. Uh, all the people that I talk to who've been to weddings, they're like, yeah, it's just, it's oh. just, you, you go, you go once to a big wedding and you're like, wow, this is super fun and super cute. Uh-huh. Then shortly after, you're like, this is kind of boring. No, it's, or, boring. it's very repetitive. So it's the same thing. Yeah. It's the same thing, just on a different monetary scale. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. all it is. Like, yeah. flowers are expensive, and us doing it in Toronto too. Like, it's still gonna be expensive having a dinner. Because the restaurant we booked is is my favorite restaurant. Yeah. It's still pricey, but I'd rather it be the price of that than adding a venue on top of it and all the additional flowers I would have to buy. Yeah, it's like I'm not I'm not even gonna do it. Like yeah, my my biggest thing is it's so I just think it's just a waste of resources, not just money in a way, but like all the fucking flowers. What are you gonna do with that? The centerpieces, yeah, people take it home, but then it's just like collecting dust. It's just and like dust. and and like the guest book that you get people to sign. It's like you look at that what maybe once and One all time. all. Of, yeah, and the photographers and stuff like yeah. I know you guys are. Hi- did you guys hire the photographer yet for that night? We, yeah, we did. With yeah, one so. of our one of my friends is doing it. Yeah, and that's. I just want one. He was oh. like, "Do you want two? And I was like, "Nope, just do one." No, just do one. And like, and you have some photos of that night, but like, you know, those those big wedding shoots in the middle of a waterfall. Like, when are you no. ever gonna look that again? No. Right. So um, we. The one thing we are doing is we're gonna go back to Taiwan to do like pre wedding photos just mm. for the sake of me like wearing a couple dresses and my family can have the pictures and his family can have the pictures. But again, it's just, we're doing it out of courtesies for them to have it. And because we're not also inviting all of our family to come, we have capped it. We've Mm -hmm. literally said people, sorry, you're not coming to our wedding because I, I don't want you there. I legitimately, like if his aunts and uncles want to come, I I said, I said, no, Yeah. I'm sorry. We're, we're at full capacity. Yeah. And like, I think it's a lot more, uh, I guess intimate when it, I, I just it doesn't make sense to me that you invite someone to your wedding who has no knowledge about you as a human being and your partner me. as a human yep. being and you guys as a unit yep. it's like you guys didn't follow us in our relationship no, you weren't part no. of you, you weren't watching the tv show so why do why do you invite them to like the season why? finale you know what I mean yeah like it's oh. and and I had like when I told some of my coworkers my plan I had it, it was a two-fold response Mm. those who are currently in the process of planning their wedding or whatnot or have already been married half of them were like i wish i did what you did and the other portion of it is is like 
isn't your family or his family going to get really insulted? Isn't that like the terrible, like the most terrible way to get off, like to start the, your your married life? And it doesn't I'm just matter. Like, I like I don't care. No, I I legitimately I don't yeah. give a shit. Like yeah. I. Like I'm paying for it, yeah. and I'm not paying like 150 dollars before tax per head, and for heads yeah. I don't give a shit about. Yeah, like, it's just, <laughs> I'm not paying. Um, yeah, my parents, my parents and I had this argument like a lot about just like they're like you gotta marry a very nice Vietnamese man, and I'm like, do you know how big fucking Vietnamese wedding? wedding. Do you know how big yeah. Vietnamese families are? Like if I I have like on like I. I have 20 cousins. Yeah, I'm not going to invite ev- every fucking cousin that I have and then their parents associated with that. It's like, no, it's just not going to happen, man. That's half my guest list. That's the uh, point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. And then, and that's the thing. Like, I would rather a trade off quali- uh, quantity for quality. Yeah. Like, get, instead of like having like shitty food from a shitty car- car- uh, a caterer because yeah. you, you have to expense money to other things, just like go. Yeah. Like, do I, I'm very much strongly what you, you want to do. Like, I, 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 from the beginning, I said that like, I support it 100%. And, um, Another funny thing. So uh, one of my other friends, uh, yeah. what happened it was, uh, I think her sister kind of did almost the same line as what, what you did. Yeah. So I, I think they did have like a, the, the ceremony, they, they, they did like have a private ceremony at some place with mm-hmm. like maybe like 10 people, like five from yeah. each family or something like that. But then, yeah, like, and they just went out for dinner, a really nice dinner afterwards. Like yeah. no... No dance, no like you oh. know emotional speeches because they, they probably got the speeches out of the way at the ceremony itself. Yeah. But then she's like, "Yeah, I have like no regrets." Yeah. So, like, yeah. It, it's scary because at the end of the night, you gotta pay for the fucking food, and then you mm-hmm. have to tip everyone on top of it. Mm-hmm. It like it, it's a lot of money. It just adds yeah. up, and it's in one. It's a couple hours. Yeah. It's some some of them don't even last a day. It's a couple hours yeah. of your life. It costs more than a down payment of a home. And it costs yeah. more than the car sometimes. Are you like yeah. I can't do that? No, it's not worth it, man. No, it's not. Cause yeah. I mean, I'm sure his mom wants something nice, similar to what mm-hmm. his older brother did. But I'm so not that type of a woman. Yeah. And I just want to make it clear to our listeners that it's, it's like you can do your wedding however the hell you want it to be but oh, again yeah. as long as it comes down to something that represents you because yeah. again like you i don't imagine myself walking down the aisle with a huge oh. train and like the crying and like a bunch of head. eyeliner running like no <laughs> like that's just not me you know so like in like it's, it's 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 the day that you are going to remember for the rest of your life so yeah. i feel like you need to do it your way and your way only yeah like if you're going to remember it remember it as something that you plan for yourself and that you wanted not what someone else wanted mm-hmm. like holy shit don't do that to yourself yeah. but then again like if you if you can afford it and you're willing to put that huge oh, money into it and you want to have the biggest wedding in you know guinness world records yeah. then do it like that, do that it. makes you happy then do that so yeah yeah but that's not that's not a you and me thing yeah no <laughs> nope and uh last last kind of the last couple questions here sure um cheesy but i feel like you're capable of answering this question okay could you describe a little bit about what love marriage and commitment what does that all mean to you <sighs> again because you're a very simple lady you just you're have not, 
uh, I don't even know. It's it's a lot of compromise. Okay. Because in order to stay happy, you have to realize that you can't get everything you want. Mm-hmm. It's the same with love, the same with marriage, the same with everything else. You, there's mm-hmm. a lot of compromise, but it has to be... You always have to make sure that you're not compromising large portions of yourself to stay happy. Mm-hmm. And the best person you can do that with is someone who understands it as well. That we all have to do a lot of give and take. Mm-hmm. Like myself, Stefan, we have to compromise a lot with our needs and what each other wants in order to make ourselves and each other happy at the same time. Mm-hmm. That's my one. Compromise isn't a bad thing. It's a good thing if it's a healthy compromise. Mm-hmm. And that's literally the secret to what, to how him and I have been able to hold out for so long. Mm-hmm. Do we still fight? Oh, absolutely. Do we still occasionally need to let each other go outside and like, like pull off all the time? I'm notorious for leaving because I don't like being in a room with someone. Are you a lever? I am a lever. Um. I am. I always have been. When even up until now, sometimes when, but he. He knows that enough now that if I need to leave, it's because I don't want to say something that I'm going to regret. So he will let me just go and I come back in an hour. Like, that's just how it is. And for him, he can be slightly irrational and say really rude things. So if he plops his ass down and starts fucking opening up league and not wanting to say it, I know that, okay, that's because right now you're going to say something stupid that you're going to regret. Mm-hmm. Um, so you... It takes a long time to get to know each other across all levels. It doesn't happen even in two or three years. It takes years to do that. Mm-hmm. And then once you're able to do that, and if you're okay with the person, you're able to compromise together on specific things, mm-hmm. then you're going to be happy. Mm. That's my thing. See, it all sounds so <laughs> simple. You know, and I, I I ask this question to, like, everyone who yeah. I know who's in a successful long-term relationship. I'm like, what is the key? Like, is, <laughs> is there something I'm missing out on? Like, what's the tip it's here? It's a lot of fighting. It's a lot of fighting. And, like, that, it, it like, and again, I, I watched this YouTube video about, like, it's called Zero to 100. So, it's, mm-hmm. like, kind of, like, relationship advice of, of, like, every person from the age of, like, 10 to 100 or whatever, yeah. right? And or couples, and it, it all comes down to just like the one word of just being compromise, uh, yeah. being willing to compromise, and just have fun like that, mm-hmm. or like smile at them. You know, like, uh, uh, you know, um, all like the kids kind of our age, they, they think it's so complicated. You know, you gotta like you know, um, have the same interests, be yeah. different, be not too different, and you know. Um, have the same hair color or some yeah. shit but then like when you get older and you ask like people who have been married for a long time it, it all just it's so so simple just be it's good simple. to each other yeah. and compromise because you stick hi- to that and you're yeah. pretty safe i think H- him and i are really different people like yeah. we're really similar in like our humor and everything else but like i'm forever a go-getter i am the woman the woman who like kind of dictates and controls a lot of things i am like that mm-hmm. but i don't want someone who's the equivalent of me like that He's the exact opposite, and we, we, I always say, and he says it too, that we balance each other out really well, yeah. because we, for the the best person to match with me is someone who is the exact opposite who I am, with mm-hmm. some similarities, but it's all about balance and knowing when to compromise yeah. with each other. Compromise. Compromise, and just a lot of fighting. Like, okay. It, it's not easy. <laughs> yeah. But the fighting... You have the you have a fight and you don't ever have it again. You really That's don't. the goal. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. if you hash it out. Yeah, well. exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that comes with time too. The longer you're with someone, you learn how to communicate with them better and compromise with them better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. In the grand scheme of things, you're doing okay. I'm trying. If you if you need to hear that from me, from anybody, you're doing I okay, think, man. I think I don't get told that enough. And like it's not, you know, I don't use that to boost my my confidence levels. I just sometimes I, I forget that as well. Yeah. Like yeah, I always I, I, yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, I forget. For, for for what it's worth. I think you're doing okay. <laughs> if nobody in the world, if you don't believe you're doing okay, just know I think you're doing okay. <laughs> Whatever my opinion has in your life. I'll try yeah, it. So. No, your opinion does matter because I just I always tell like all my friends, like I just want to make sure that that like if you're ever in doubt, I'll always be there for you and know that like I've gone through just as much and I guess I turned out decent. <laughs> you will too. <laughs> yes, Emily. We all appreciate you. Uh you're like you I I kind of describe you like this all the time. It's like you're the older sister I never had. Mm, I, know. Yeah. I love that. I do yeah. love that. I appreciate I just appreciate someone I can talk to for guidance and just like, you know. Someone rational. Yeah, well, I try to be as yeah. as mentorly as I'm able to. There you go. <laughs> so on that note, um, wow, on behalf of Josephine and I, who, who's oh. not here, I just want to say thank you very much, Emily. Thank and you. And actually, not just me. thank you for taking time to do this, A, and just thank you for being in my life. No, I've wanted to do this for, I would. you have no idea. I told you when you guys started this, obviously, I can't even imagine someone... Like, you were the person to do something like this. Do you know what I mean? Because I was just like, this was so up your alley. And I'm so happy you did it. Because it's just, it's such a good piece for you to be able to do. Like, just to have in your life to podcast and have her do it with you. I was just like, this is the best thing ever. Yeah. And um, I I always reiterate, like, our goal. It's like, we're not here to, like, be flashy and, like, have, like, a bunch of you know like it, my biggest goal for this like where even if it goes somewhere if it doesn't go somewhere like it, yeah. i want there to be a platform to share people's stories that's yeah, it yeah of course you know and yeah. I, my policy with everything if it helps at least one person and yeah. one person needs to hear this and they they took like like one minute away from this hour and a half podcast yeah. then like that's worthwhile to me that's all you need yeah so um, thank you again for doing this. You're thank very you insightful. Thank you for having me. And you're awesome. Oh, <laughs> you are and, too. And hopefully one day if you're back in the saga, we can do an in-person interview. I will let you know. I am planning either... Maybe post, post-wedding. post You will do a post-wedding interview. I think we should do that. You know what we should Touch do? Touch base. <laughs> we should do... We should, yes. We need to do a post because yeah. I don't know how it's going to go. It's going to mm. go well. It's of course well. it is. Yeah. But it's just, it, well, he's never done it. I've you're never gonna done ha- it. You're going to have a d- different perspective and you're going to make the mistakes and then we're all going to gain from it. This is the plan. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a great idea. Terrible. <laughs> or okay. also, um, also uh-huh. post move interview. Maybe we should do that. Oh, God. I have to set up like hydro accounts. You know that, right? We, like, what the we fuck? Need to, we need to give you your own series. <laughs> like, adulting with Emily. Up. Adulting with Emily. It'll be, it'll be a reoccurring series. <laughs> like, and then, like, the kids will come and how they hang that. And when they're teenagers, I'm kidding. I don't know how long this thing's going to run. But, 
again okay um i'm gonna go ahead and stop the recording here but uh again love you listeners hope you guys enjoyed this interview okay thank you emily Mm -hmm.